Welcome to Behavioral Health Today, a podcast brought to you by the Triad Network. This podcast is designed to share trending topics occurring within the world and our communities and bring them a behavioral and mental health perspective. Welcome to Behavioral Health Today, a Triad production. I'm the producer, Peter Finger, and I have the pleasure of welcoming you to today's episode. In our show, we will resume our conversation with our host, Dr. Graham Taylor, and his guests, Dr. William Parham, the director of the National Basketball Players Association's Mental Health and Wellness Program, and two wellness program advocates and former NBA superstars, Derek Anderson and Tracy Murray. In our last episode, we discussed the MBPA's program and its goals. Tracy and Derek shared their own personal experiences in their life that brought attention to the importance of identifying and managing one's mental health, and we discussed survivor mentality, physical adversity, and the idea of a hidden genius that's found inside each of us. We'll resume our talk today by discussing the importance of the spiritual side of who we are when addressing mental health. You know, Derek, as Tracy's talking about this, I'm reminded that if you were to kind of break us down, there's that physical side of who we are, there's that mental, psychological side of who we are, and then there's that spiritual side of who we are. Those three kind of make up that three-legged stool that kind of make us, you know, kind of who we are and what we carry around. You both have talked about the importance of chapel and that spiritual side of who you are as men and players and has come into your life. What was so important about the spiritual side being brought in as some of the mental health pieces were being addressed as well? What's the complement of that? It was pretty much what Tracy just said. Like people in a locker room don't talk and they don't know each other. Yeah. On the spiritual side, you just didn't care anymore. You know, that was that, well, we're going to, I'm going to be your brother whether you want to or not. Mm-hmm. I'm going to reach my hand out to you because God did that for us. Mm-hmm. So we're reaching our hand instead of walking around the locker room as, as normal guys. Yes. We're that tough macho, how he deal with it. When you're spiritual, you want to help. You're always eager to help. You get fulfillment from helping. Yeah. We became different men at that point. And I think that's what translates into all three of those things you spoke of. And I think that's what it all comes down to. What are you getting to grow from? Because if you think about it, when you grab your car, set of keys, you never think about getting in a car wreck. But if you see a car wreck, you'd be like, man, I hope nothing happens to me. Oh, my God, I hope so. Like you start to think. Yeah. So when you project things that you want people to see of you, that's what you do when you when you get into the NBA and in the chapels, the spiritual, yeah. the reality, the growth. You project the things you want things to be seen of you. Greatest compliment I ever got. <clears throat> I was helping uh, some guys on the bus and we were going to help the uh, survivors of Katrina. Mm-hmm. Kobe, Shaq, Kevin Garnett, everybody's on the bus. I get on the bus and a guy, Kevin Garnett, yells out, hey, DA, say a prayer for us. Oh, <laughs> he started right. laughing. I said, if that's what I'm known for, I'm doing my job. That's right. And that speaks volumes. And instead of you speaking all the time or talking, your presence and your actions speak a lot of words more than anything else. That's really good. Really good. You guys are talking about this idea of working so very hard and so intentionally and with purpose to change the culture, to create a culture that you want athletes to have access to, maybe even kind of change the paradigm, this cultural way of thinking and being in, in athletics. And there's a real emphasis, isn't there, Bill, on changing this whole narrative so that they can have access to talk? And how does one kind of break through that stigma and embrace, rather than it being something problematic, that this is an opportunity for me to really enhance my growth 
by addressing these areas. So talk about the cultural importance of this and changing that. And also then just kind of reiterate the narrative that you want people to start having about the benefit of the mental health component of one's success. Well, the mental health is something that everybody has. Nobody doesn't have it. We don't right. talk about it. In fact, we have been incentivized, both players and non-players, to not talk about it. Mm-hmm. And when I say incentivized, I use that word very intentionally because there's a heavy cost mm-hmm. for coming up with some, your authentic experience. D.A. and Trace will tell you, the window of opportunity in a professional sports in the NBA is four or five years. Now, both of them had distinguished careers a lot longer, but they know that it's finite, more incentive to keep it packed down. I, you got to put it in the context of, of race, mm-hmm. social class, politics. We were taught, I was taught, and I'm assuming D.A. Tracy, two things. And African American, you got to work twice as hard for half the benefit. Yep. I mean, that was just there. And because we learned it so young, it was normal. Mm-hmm. It, we didn't know why that was being told to us. Mm. As we got older, a mentor of mine said, you know, the key to mental health is having options or believing in your ability to create them. So the only reason we went to school and did what we did and what I'm sure DA trained to do, they wanted to develop options. But the other thing is getting back to the spiritual piece, as I practice, two things always influenced me. I heard a minister talk about sort of the standard question that we as psychologists are trained to, to understand you're an adolescent, you begin to ask the main question, who am I? I heard a minister say, you know, that's the wrong question. The better question is, whose am I? And I thought about that. I'm a child of God. God don't make no mistakes. I've always remembered that since I was a teenager. Mm-hmm. And related to that, plus my dear departed mom, we were raised uh, as a single parent, four kids. But she said, you know, Sweetheart, I want you to work hard, bust your butt, but at the end of the day, let go and let God. Really have that trust that you have something there. It's not going to come when you want it. In fact, she also used to say, the Lord is not going to come right when you need him, but he's always going to be right on time. And that has always played out. And so weaving this together is important. The last thing I'll say, it is about changing the narrative. Yes. Again, we have to look at the history of why this language of pathology has emerged. And we don't time it as broadcast to do that, but we need to change that. Mm-hmm. We also have to take a look at the comment I made earlier. I'm not convinced at all that professional sport entities or other entities have failed at addressing the mental health and wellness needs of players. The way the system is designed, it has succeeded at not wanting to address mm. those needs. So part of that silent pressure is people don't want to hear it, including owners and GMs and all these folks. That's that's not what you do. You're a man. You got to power through it, man up. Suck it up. That's what you do. But but there's a price to the cost of the ticket. Yeah. So you got to hear, what is the price of the ticket? And both DA and and Tracy said, you know something? I'm investing in myself. I don't know what kind of deposit I have in my bank. Mm But I know something's in there. Right. And I have faith that I'm going to tap into it in a day, certain head. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. Behavioral and mental health professionals provide critical support to our communities, 
in a time when our communities need it more than ever. But they need support too, to continue their education, to connect with colleagues, and to advance their career. And so we've launched Triad, the hub for behavioral and mental health professionals. At Triad, you'll find education, community, and career resources for both current and aspiring behavioral and mental health professionals, all curated specifically for you and all for free. Visit us at hellotriad.com BHT to register for your free professional account. Again, that's hellotriad.com BHT. Come join the community today. Yeah, that's really good. Going off of that, Derek and Tracy, looking back, if you had been given as much support for training your brain and the mental health side of things as you did for the physical performance, what do you think the impact would have been on you guys during your careers? I know I wouldn't have fouled out as much. <laughs> <laughs> That's a classic answer. Oh, that is man, a classic I answer. <laughs> I would be so I would be so angry sometimes. A guy scoring you, you just go foul him hard. You be like, you know, oh, good. like it became just like a frustration thing. Like I would take my anger out in basketball and football, and and I was skinny, but I just go play football just so I could tackle somebody. He's like, man, you're the thinnest dude out here. I said, let me get my aggression out. Just let me go. get it out. I think it would have helped me tremendously in a lot of other areas because I dealt with a lot of depression from being with my son. And, you know, I didn't know what I was doing. I was 15 with a brand new kid. He's sure. screaming and I'm over here like, what is wrong with this kid? Like, why wouldn't he just be quiet? Like, and like, I'm holding him and I'm just like, you know, I'm in this stress on top of stress. So I just think if I could have went to a teacher and said, hey, mm -hmm. I need this or, you know, some family member or anything that I could have been like, hey, let me help get yeah. out of this. It might have been good for me. And uh, Dr. Parham knows now how I'm about with my kids. I'm totally uh, different because I've had 38 years of experience, like, yeah. you know, like what, well, 30 some years of experience of just raising a child. Fortunate enough, I have six boys. So I got all boys and they're all oh, great nice. kids. They're respectful. They say, yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. So I think I'm giving them what I knew I needed, which more was a yes. positive attitude. I think I could have did that. It would have helped me with some Business decisions. I left a team that was, we were number one team in uh, the NBA, San Antonio. I was the second leading scorer behind Tim Duncan with 16. I could have stayed there, possibly in a Hall of Fame. But because I was so emotional and didn't trust people, mm -hmm. he, the, the person who was supposed to sign me back, didn't tell the truth. And before I gave him a conversation, I left. Okay. I was still used to leaving everything when I was yes. a kid, stay away from the stress. That yes. I didn't think twice. And it could have changed my whole career. You know, staying on a winning team, staying here, staying there. But I made an emotional decision because I didn't have emotional stability or control as much as I would have helped if I had it younger. So uh, I think it's needed. I think a lot of these young guys are is needed, and we're going to talk to younger kids now because your habits become who you become your history. That's right, and that's some good insight right there. Man, that was phenomenal. That um, was. I, I agree with Da. I mean, you got to look at you start as a kid, and that shapes and molds you as you move forward, mm -hmm. right? I was a chubby kid, low self-esteem. The only place I had confidence was on the court. As you move through that, the trauma of the injury, basketball mm -hmm. being taken away, the pressures of, of getting to UCLA and, and having that pressure and trying to make it to the NBA because my parents are getting passed over on promotions mm -hmm. and, and they're training people to take their jobs, right? And the stresses of that, it builds up. Yeah. finally get there 
and it's a dog eat dog business. Mm-hmm. You know, not everybody in the locker room was for you. You have a, you know, maybe a vet that will reach around, put his arm around mm-hmm. you and help you. Clyde Drexler did that for me. Isaiah Thomas saved my career by giving me an opportunity to go to Toronto. But because of half of the things that DA talked about, not being able to trust people, people lying to you, I was almost done in three. Luckily, Clyde helped me. I was in the trade with him to Houston, won a championship, which gave me more value. Isaiah opened the door up there. The rest is history. Mm-hmm. Um, there was always a, what's my purpose? If I'm not here to do this, then what's my purpose? And I think that's where the spiritual side came in. That's where trying to remember some of the, the exercises with Dr. Parham. And also uh, when I was with the Lakers, I was going through a lot. The pressures of being home, not playing, coming off of uh, arthroscopic hip surgery. So the pressures of that, I was dealing yeah. with Dr. Burton Brody. He, he's also a mental coach. And, you know, I, I think retiring is another one. What am I going to do now? I dealt with depression a lot. Dave touched on it. I dealt with depression a lot. Mm-hmm. And the suck it up situation. That that was the the term that, that I used to get through it. Or my dad used to push me through it. And, and I, I think we all had to deal with that term. Yeah. Yeah. And see, I didn't have to deal with depression because I had been busy so much in my life. I was looking forward to retirement. Right, right. Uh, when I retired is when I finally felt like, oh man, thank you. Like, like I retired once and then got called back to work. Called me to come back to Charlotte. I'm like, man, I'm sitting home. It was like November. I'm like, man, I'm done. Like, and that's the thought process of people. Like, I was actually ready to quit. I didn't have any depression. I had more depression playing than I did. When I, so when I retired, it was a finally a breath of fresh air where I could actually be Derek Anderson, not the celebrity, not basketball. It was just, I could be a human being. Think about it. I haven't been a human being since I was 11. So all the weight, just do what it was I like all the weight of that got lifted. Oh man, I, when I tell you I relieved, I actually just sat at home one day and looked at my trophies and started crying and said uh-huh. like, wow, man, thank you, God. And mm. just cried, like for no reason at all. I was like, what's wrong with me? Just to release. <laughs> yeah, but that was one of those things you had so much bottled up oh, and you didn't even know. Yeah. And that cry was more of a like, thank you more than a yeah. pain. And we didn't, I didn't even know I had it in me. So when you, sometimes everybody's situation is different, mm-hmm. but you have to release. You have to. Now, see, for me watching you, DA, I saw you on the court a lot. You mm-hmm. played a lot. Yeah. My first three years, I rarely played. So I felt like I left a lot that I yeah, didn't bro. get to accomplish. You know what I'm saying? I got, I felt like I got kicked out before I was ready. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah. the difference between both of our endings with it. Yeah, mm-hmm. to your point. Yep. All, all these things are just such great points, guys. And I so appreciate, you know, not just your sharing about the process, but really being as transparent and as vulnerable as you're willing to be, because that's, I think, the message that gets across here. And I'll talk about that in just a minute, the importance of vulnerability and just being transparent. This summer, you guys have got some programs coming up. I'd love to hear about what you're doing this summer and how these guys are being advocates with and for the program and you as well. Yeah, brief. We are doing a number of things. The DNI will be down in Orlando, Florida. Um, Players Association has a yearly event called the Top 100, where we really invite top 100 high schoolers to come down for four or five days nice. uh, to really not only go over basketball skills, but mental health and wellness is a core concept this whole, t- this whole time. We also have their parents coming down, some of their parents. And so we have a parent program. And the mental health wellness component is going to be in there. 
we will also be in Las Vegas for the Rookie Transition Program, which was a very shortened version of what it used to be back in the day where we had all the repeats in for four or five days. We now have two days. But the bottom line is that we really are spending the same tune that we do here. The other thing I want you to really pay attention to, and you and I participating in a project that the PA, the WNBA, and Fifth Pro, an international organization, put together on social media abuse yeah. with professional athletes. Yeah. Go to the NBPA website and see it. It is absolutely phenomenal. It is the absolute first published study mm. on the social media abuse that these guys take, mm-hmm. both men and women, 80% of which for guys in basketball is racist. Mm. A huge proponent is homophobia. Mm. The data are exceedingly clear. And the study tapped into 1,500 posted comments on social media. And the analysis is just phenomenal. So I certainly encourage all of you to read it and really understand the genius that you've seen in both me and Trace today and all of the invisible stuff that goes on that people don't talk about. Yeah, but they funny. are forced to manage that's and they right. do so beautifully. That's right. I want to ask you, Bill, just in, in a moment about some resources and how folks can find out more about the NBPA. But Derek and Tracy, give me kind of just kind of a last closing word, if you would, each of you, to young athletes, those going into high school, those going into college. What would be your uh, takeaway message from your own lives to them? Well, I, I always put it into perspective of how I live my life. It's called loyalty. And it said, lead stands for living on yesterday always leads to yesterday. Mm-hmm. So your loyalty lies in what you do. Um, and that's what your life you'll live. So if I had a good day today, I want to do what I did today. I want to do it tomorrow. Be progressive, be positive, be impactful. But if I have a bad day, I don't want to do that. So I got to leave where that's at and start something different. But I'm always remembering what I did yesterday because my loyalty and my habits rely on what my consistency is every single day. Really? So I try to say happy things every day. I post, I haven't, I haven't said one cuss word. I've been on social media for over 10 years. I have not once said one cuss word. I've wanted to, <laughs> but I've not said it because I practice my habits. I practice it with my children. I practice it at home. I practice it when I go out in the community. So that, I don't need it. So I've learned that, like, I've never drank alcohol a day of my life. I've never smoked. I've never done drugs. I've never had a Coke or Pepsi, and I'm 48. And it's because I created habits. So now they can't say you're preaching one way and showing us something different. So I just tell everybody, just live in that purpose of happiness every day, even if it's a bad day. I watch Sanford and Son when I'm having a bad day or something bad happens, and it gets makes me laugh. So now my mind triggers to what I'm used to seeing. And I don't go to social media when I'm angry because I get angry at some of the social media stuff. I go to watch a comedy. Now my mind transforms. When I get back to social media, I'm back in a better place. So I just tell the young people, find your happy place and make yes. it a habit of finding that. And you'll find happiness there. Really good. Yeah, that's 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 fantastic. Definitely positive energy. you got to find your positive energy and find your positive space every day. Have a spiritual base. Have something you can tap to, into spiritually that, that can help you stay in that positive energy. Another thing, if there's negative energy in your life, get away from people who have negative energy because they suck your positive energy. That that also helps with your mental health. If you're dealing with a lot of negative energy, then it's going to affect your mental health trying to deal with somebody else's negative energy or whatever they're going through. I'm not saying don't help people, 
but the energy has got to be good if you plan on staying healthy mentally. Really good. Really good. I appreciate that, guys. Bill, give us some resources on how folks can follow up with you guys, what you're doing, and learn more about it. We certainly can give us a shout out, go on to the MBPA website. All of our contact information is there. I certainly want to also let your listeners know that effective next month, there's going to be a national lifeline. If you dial mm. 988, it actually is going to be uh, take you to the National Suicide Prevention Lifelines for those in the audience who really are struggling, don't have anybody to talk to. What are the hotline? But also in the systems in which you operate, the school systems, the colleges, seek out mental resources and do so with your head held high. The last thing I want to say is stemming on what Tracy just said. I tell students and athletes all the time, at some point you got to cancel your subscription to other people's issues. You know, you got much to do with yourself and you just got to take yourself and really discover the hidden genius and talent and wealth emotional and otherwise that you have already innately. So with that, I want to thank you, Graham, for the, your being a host and, and, and Dia, Tracy, I can't thank you enough for really being vulnerable and sharing where we're at. I so yeah. appreciate that. You know, it, it's not uncommon, is it, for us to keep our pain and our trauma locked away inside of us. And for a number of reasons, it's out of shame. It's out of the fear of the response of other people and even the unknown of kind of delving into some of that pain that in order to work through it. But that secrecy and that avoidance simply keeps us kind of imprisoned really, you know, in that shame and, 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 and that's, and that really prevents us from developing and reaching our fullest lives of what you guys are talking about today. However, what you guys are sharing today, including your sharing of your personal stories, which I so appreciate, and I know our, our listeners will as well, what you're suggesting here is that the antidote for shame and trauma really is vulnerability and this transparency that you're bringing. The more we can start talking about it, change that culture, change that narrative. But that takes strength, though, you know, and trust. But on the other side of that, working through that pain, that trauma, and through that vulnerability, there is going to be a greater health and well-being. And that's what you guys are advocating and actually living right now. But it also typically takes someone to come alongside us to help us on this journey. And so, you know, gentlemen, I want to thank you for what you're doing, your advocacy to address in this area. And also, it's been a true pleasure to have you on the show today. So thank you so much. Thank you, Graham. Thanks for having us, man. Thank you. Appreciate it. It's our pleasure on our side. You know, I also want to thank you, our listeners, for joining Bill, Tracy, Derek, and me today. It's always great to have you with us. Regarding this episode, I want to remind you that it and its resources and all of our other podcasts can be found on our website at triadhq.com slash BHT. So go check out our webpage, triadhq.com slash BHT and explore our archive of podcasts and other resource materials. Thanks again for being with us and we look forward to having you back with us next time on Behavioral Health Today. We appreciate all the support from our community. And if you like our show, one of the best ways you can support it is by giving us a five-star rating and leaving a review. Behavioral Health Today is a podcast part of the Tribe Network, all rights reserved.